Well, hello. Welcome to yet another episode of The Daily. Andre here, and I hope that all of you are well. This morning, I pray for you. I pray uh, that prayer uh, from the Apostle John in 3 John that goes, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I hope even this time that you are paying attention to your soul, that you're taking good care of it, that you're practicing gratitude, that you are intentionally combating the anxiety that many of you might be feeling this time, that you're making every effort to walk in the promise of scripture and that is fullness of joy to be a people with a defiant joy almost in a time of despair may you prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers now this week we're going to spend the next four episodes uh, just diving into prayer we're going to devote this entire week to um, do a series of talks on prayer uh, it's also great timing because uh, we are launching our prayer rooms as a church this week and so there are a couple of time slots for you to sign up uh, for and ideally we will have more slots that will come up uh, as we go on. Now as I've been doing a bit more reading on prayer, trying to prepare for this series of talks, I chance upon the life of Thomas Merton. Now Merton was a monk, a theologian, a scholar, but also a social activist on many levels. And Merton is a man who has devoted uh, his life to prayer. Uh, And there's a famous story, and the story goes, uh, a student was visiting the Abbey of Gethsemane. And he once asked Thomas Merton why he had chosen to waste his life by living in a Trappist monastic community. And Merton responded to the student politely and profoundly, and he said this, I'm here living in this community because I believe in prayer. Now, what a stunning line. Merton says that I have devoted my life to living in this community to spend hours upon hours seeking God because simply he believes in prayer. Now, I'd say all of us as believers of Jesus Christ would profess the same thing. We believe in prayer. But for many of us, our belief in prayer only manifests in times of crisis where uh, there is a need or where we need some form of a divine intervention. And that is where we go. We believe in prayer and we need to exercise it now. But for Merton, his belief in prayer manifested into a kind of life or a lifestyle that was revolved around the practice of prayer, the practice of his presence abiding in the vine. That was how he chose to live his life. And now we hear about men like that, you know, stories like this, and it feels inspiring for the most part we're inspired by these great men of god who exhibit such faith and diligence but also at the same time we feel daunted how is it even possible that little old me can live that kind of life Uh, how is it even possible to have that kind of devotion uh, in my life where do i even begin And I think that was what the disciples were feeling, you know, even as they lived with Jesus and saw him move 
in power, but beyond that, seeing the depth of relationship that he had with the one whom he called Father. And I love that in their time with Jesus, even uh, traveling from town to town and seeing him work wonders and seeing him expose uh, brilliant truths from uh, the Torah, we never read of one record of the disciples asking Jesus how to pray for the sick, nor do we read of one record where the disciples ask Jesus how should we read the Torah. But the only thing that's recorded in the Gospels that the disciples explicitly asked Jesus to teach them was this, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And many of you will be familiar that Jesus goes on to pray a prayer that's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer today. Now, in recent times, I've been praying the Lord's Prayer uh, really often every day, in fact, uh, because, you know, I was told that when you wash your hands, you have to uh, wash it for as long as two happy birthdays. And I grew sick of singing happy birthday to myself. And I found that uh, by reciting the Lord's Prayer, it was uh, the right amount of time uh, to which I can I should be washing my hands. And so I've been doing that uh, every time I've gone out and come back home and need to wash my hands, I would recite the Lord's Prayer uh, once through, even as I wash my hands. And I've gotten this new appreciation for the Lord's Prayer, even as I ponder uh, line upon line and how weighty it is and how much there is to be understood. Uh, Archbishop Justin Welby says this about the Lord's Prayer. He says that it is simple enough to be memorized by small children and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. N.T. Wright says this, that the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples sums up fully and accurately the way in which he read and responded to the signs of the times, the way in which he understood his vocation and mission and invited his followers to share in it. We have to realize that Jesus was crucified for living out these very petitions, these very statements that we see in the Lord's Prayer. I love how one writer puts it. He puts it this way. Praying in the way Jesus thought does not simply make us better people. Praying in this way makes us Christian. And so what I would like to do this morning is to just take us through the Lord's Prayer. I would share maybe a couple of insights and stuff I've been learning uh, these, these last couple of weeks. There are a bunch of good commentaries and good expositions on the Lord's Prayer that you can find online. I'm just sharing maybe a, just a bit, a, a foretaste of what you can probably find online. But I hope it blesses you. And the idea here is for us to ponder, to sit on these words and let it rest on our heart for us to feel its weight in its entirety and leave compelled to live a different life. Now the opening line of the Lord's Prayer, I'm sure many of you are familiar, it goes like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Now I think that opening line, Our Father in heaven, it's by no exaggeration, 
the most radical thing that Jesus said in his time on the earth, our Father in heaven. Notice the language. It is not just my Father, meaning Jesus' Father, but he invites all who pray this prayer into a relationship with the one whom he calls Father. Now, just a bit of background, a bit of context. In that day, the name of God was revered in such a great manner that no one would ever refer to God as Yahweh. It was blasphemous on the deepest level. And if you were a scribe in that day and you had to write the name of God, you would have to use a pen that was set apart for such a purpose. And when you are done writing the name of God once, you had to get rid of the pen and you couldn't use it again. And so picture that level of reverence, of awe for the name of God. And it was utterly blasphemous to even mention God's name, let alone refer to him as your father. And that was one of the main gripes, the, the main contentions that the Pharisees, the religious elite, they had against Jesus. Now, Jesus goes around and calls God his father, but he doesn't just stop there. He invites all of us, imperfect people, riddled with sin, into a loving relationship with his father, the one who is called holy. Holy is your name. Our father in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Next line, it says this, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is a prayer both of faith and surrender. It is faith in believing that God's kingdom is not just a place that we go to when we die, but his rule and reign is something that we can experience, have a foretaste of in the here and now that his kingdom is able to invade the most impossible circumstances to see miracles, signs, and wonders done in his name. But that middle line, your will be done. Now, we often neglect or forget this part of the Lord's Prayer, your will be done. Many times in our prayers and our petitions to God, it is often centered around our will, our desire, our needs, our wants. But notice for Jesus, as he taught the disciples how to pray, he said this, pray that God's will, the Father's will, will be done. And I wonder how often we consider God's will in our prayers. Because, you know, for, for most of us, we are convinced uh, that we know what is to be the best or the right outcome. But perhaps, you know, in our prayers, you know, we ought to pray in this manner, God, let your will be done. Even if I can't fully comprehend it, this side of eternity, even if I can never fully wrap my head around it or grasp it in its entirety, God, let your will be done. This is a prayer of surrender. Goes on in verse 11, it says this, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I love that, right? You know, give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer. It's a line of provision, of leaning to God for what you need uh, in life. But I think beyond that, it is also 
a prayer of admission that what you have in life, the food on your table, your job, the opportunities you have, the money in the bank, all of it is a result of God's grace and provision. And so when we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, God, in and of ourselves, we have no ability to provide for ourselves. We need you, O God, to extend your grace, your mercy, and your kindness to us. The next line goes like this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In some translations, it says, forgive us our sins or transgressions as we forgive those who have sinned against us or have transgressed against us. Now, this is such a great line, right? That first line is a line of repentance. Forgive us our sins. I love that for Jesus, our need to be forgiven or to repent is placed right after our need for food, for daily bread, for provision. It's almost to say what food is to the body is what repentance is to the soul. Just as we need food to live in the body, we need to be forgiven, we need to be made right before God to repent in order for our soul to live, to thrive, to flourish. The next line says this, as we forgive those who transgressed against us, it's not enough to just be forgiven. We need to forgive others even as we have been forgiven much ourselves. That is the way of the cross. That is the way of Jesus that's been revealed all through scripture. Jesus didn't participate in vengeance, in retaliation. Rather, he chose the way of the cross, not the way of the sword, but the way of forgiveness. Now, verse 13, it says this, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, some would translate the word temptation to the word trial. You know, I think either word is well suited for this line. And, you know, I, I think many people try to explain away this verse, but I think, you know, sometimes it's just good to just read the verse for what it is. It says this, Jesus said this of God, do not lead us, do not lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And it's true to say that God at times would allow us to go through certain challenges, certain trials, in order for our character to be proven, tested, and refined so that we would mature. I think of that line from 1 Corinthians 10 that goes, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, that doesn't that just sum up what those two lines are about? Lead me not into temptation, O God, but deliver me from the evil one. And T. Wright has this to say that to pray, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation, is to understand that evil is real and is a threat to all of us. But it is also to understand that we have the power of God on our side. And our greatest weapon in spiritual warfare, in temptation, is prayer. Then Jesus closes off this magnificent prayer with the line, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Now, what I would like for us to do in this moment is to just reflect and ponder on each of these lines, even as we begin our day. And as you do so, the Holy Spirit may begin to prompt certain things in your heart. And I pray that you will respond to the Spirit as He speaks to you this morning. The first line, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Just think about that. God as a loving Father, not distant, not far off, but close, personal, and loving. The next line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Perhaps just pray that line, your will be done and say, God, I surrender to your will. I surrender to your ways. I give up my tendency and my desire to control. I look to you even this day. The next line, give us this day our daily bread. Just pray that prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And say to God, God, you are all that I need. From you, I have received all that I need. That you are the source of all things. All that I have belong to you and is from you. God, I recognize that. The next line, forgive us our debts or sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Just pray a prayer of repentance of whatever sin you might have committed in the last few days or perhaps enter into a place of forgiveness. Those who have sinned against you or have offended you, disappointed you and release them even as you experience that release that comes with forgiveness from God. The last line, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's even recognize in this time our tendency to fall into temptation and our inability to hold fast to what is right and true we need God. We need you, Lord, to deliver us from evil. Awesome. Thank you so much for walking through the Lord's Prayer with me. Let me close off in prayer for you. God, we thank you for the gift that is this prayer that captures your heart for us and for the world around us. God, we pray even as we make this our daily prayer that we will experience your presence, but also the liberation that you've purchased for us on the cross. We pray yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Pray that you have a blessed day ahead. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. 
We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.